Hola, hey, Mozas. <laughs> How's your Spanish going? Bien, muy bien. Okay, bien means good. <laughs> I can say things like, un boleto Santiago. I need a ticket to Santiago. <laughs> well, that'll come in really handy the next time you have to ask somebody in person for a ticket yeah. to Santiago. It seems like the units could use some updates. Yeah. Yo bembo agua. I'm like, why do I need to tell someone I'm drinking water? It's going well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real-life creeps, from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. Uh, New Year, new us. I can't wait till mid-February when we're back on our bullshit. (laughs) But right now, this feels great. This feels good. I do have intentions mm-hmm. for this New Year's. I have three. And the mm-hmm. one that I'm most excited about, I even made a little highlight reel on my Instagram just so that it's really for me so I can go back and look. But my planner, my paper planner, has all these fun dates like National Oreo Cookie Day, National Bubble Bath mm. Day, National French Toast Day, like all these like fun little things. And I was like, you know what? You got to celebrate the little joys in life. I have this little thing on my desk and it's like, are you going to um, celebrate find- all the days? Uh-huh. I've been tracking it. I already did one so far, National Whipped Cream Day. It's <gasps> on my highlight reel. So I'm trying to do all, and even like just finding little moments. It was like the little, I've had it on my desk for a year and I see it every day and I just, it's so hard to put into practice, but it's like when you find joy in the simple things, I don't, I don't can't remember anything. It's the first slide of my highlight reel, but up next, yesterday was National Bubble Bath Day. I didn't post a photo of that, if you know what I mean. But mm. upcoming... I think the next one is like National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Maybe that already happened. I can't remember. But stay tuned. It's going to be so fun. I'm really trying to like do, oh, it's Peanut Butter Jelly Day, I think is coming up. Okay. I have never loved an idea more in my whole it's life. It's so fun. I'm, I'm going to really do, do it with things. you. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it with you. I'm going to do it with you. Yeah. That sounds so great. Okay. Where do you find the calendar? This was like a what it was like a custom calendar, like Golden Quill. They're really expensive, but you can Google like National whatever day and find the list, and you know, and it'll have National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. I'll let you know. Ooh, I'll. I'll January fourth was World Braille Day, so I wrote uh, a little note in Braille. I mean, obviously you couldn't feel it, but it was like the dots, you know. Right, right, right. I have them in my. I wrote them down, so I'll let you know which ones I'm doing. You know, okay. Like for January, I'll let you know which ones are left. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready to get into this week's episode, Mogab? Yeah. I'm kind of tired, but yeah, I mean, I'll tough it out. Uh, Wake the hell up. This is a good one. And thank you so much to Kylie for recommending this one because what a wild ride this one is. So buckle up. Yeah, you wouldn't even give me the sources early. Would Would not. I was... Well, because last week you were like, I already like looked at some of them and I'm like, you can't do that. And I knew some of the headlines. I mean, they just give the whole thing away. I'm like, you can't. So, you know, I don't remember, though. She also sent me a bunch of links and videos, which were really helpful. And a big thanks to a special report on CNN, the title of which I will not tell you, but which is linked in the show notes. And if I remember, I'll tell you at the end. All right. 
Charles Joseph Glinowitz, who went by Joe. He joined the Fox Lake Police Department in 1985, and he went on to have an incredible career. He'd previously gotten his master's degree from Kaplan University, and he joined the United States Army Reserve, which he remained with until 2007, which is what gave him the nickname G.I. Joe when he joined the police force. Uh, That and the fact that he always wore fatigues and combat boots, and he always had his military hat on. And like uh, after, not when he's working the reserves, like just he's still. No, the whole time. Oh, okay. They called him G.I. Joe. And they said he looked like the little action figure guy. Yeah. But I don't really see They usually see it. do. I mean, they all have the same haircut. <laughs> I was going to say, the haircut's the same. <laughs> yeah. Throughout his first decade with the police department, he went from patrol officer to SWAT. He became a certified dog handler and then a certified evidence technician. In 1996, he was promoted to sergeant. And then in 2006, he was promoted to lieutenant. And in 2015, he was in command of the Fox Lake Police Explorer Program, which is an organization that mentors kids interested in going into law enforcement. It's kind of like a Boy Scout type thing, but specifically for law enforcement. Could you imagine if we were in that as like kids? We'd be so annoying. No, nor would I ever have any interest. He, I, that, um, that sounds really physical to me. I was an indoor kid, you know. I was an indoor <laughs> child. No, you. <laughs> he actually helped start the Explorer program when he was just a rookie cop, and he basically been running it ever since. This story starts on September first, twenty fifteen, in Fox Lake, Illinois, which is a resort town. It's actually a village. They even have a village style government. Resort it's about town. fifty. Yeah, it's about 55 miles northwest of Chicago. Joe was 52 at the time, and he was about a month away from retiring after putting in 30 years on the force. He was on his way to work when he stopped off at a quick mart to pick up some cigarettes like he did every other day. He was on his way to the community center that held his Explorer program post, where he was going to be doing an an equipment inventory that he needed to send over to an administrator at the finance department that day. But instead of actually going to the community center, his GPS showed him arriving at an abandoned cement plant that was about a mile down the road from the community center around 7.25 a.m. 30 minutes later, he radioed dispatch to say that he'd gone to the old concrete plant checking on three suspicious people, two white males and one black male. He didn't elaborate on why they looked suspicious or what had piqued his interest about them. But he told dispatch that he was going to pursue the suspects and that he didn't need backup. Hmm. Three minutes later, he radioed again to say that he was following the suspects into the swamp that like backed up to the cement plant. And this time he asked for backup. And six minutes after that, two officers responded to the scene and they started looking around for Joe. They didn't see him anywhere. But his car's there. His car. They saw his car there, but they didn't see any sign of him. And dispatch started calling Joe to check his status, and he wasn't responding. And as the officers are looking for Joe, they heard the telltale sound of a gunshot. And they started racing through the woods in the direction of the shot. And that is the difference right there between me and them, because I would be running the other way. This is a really marshy area, and the brush and trees are thick. And the officers weren't even sure exactly where they were headed. 
They were just trying to get there as quickly as possible. They had to make their way down a sharp incline to the, I guess, a decline in the marsh, and they still didn't see Joe anywhere. The officers asked dispatch to try to call him on his cell phone, but still no Joe. But then, eight minutes after the officers had arrived on the scene, they radioed into dispatch, officer down. They had found Joe face down in the marsh about 50 yards from his police car. One officer rolled Joe's body over and saw blood coming from his nose and blood on his neck just above his collar. His head was bruised and scratched. They'd later discover that he'd been shot twice, once at his lower abdominal area and once in the chest, which was the fatal shot because it hit a major artery. The bullet in his lower abdominal area, it actually hit his cell phone, which he wears on his hip. Other news sources said that it was found lodged in the bulletproof vest that he was wearing, but either way, the first shot didn't hit him. Wait, but if he had a bulletproof vest on, wouldn't that cover his chest? Yeah, it would. So it was interesting that he had managed to get shot in the chest. It was, yeah, it was weird. Okay. I feel like there's more info on that coming. (laughs) They saw that his hand was empty but in a position that suggested he might have been holding a gun, and his service weapon was not in the holster. So they're thinking there was maybe this shootout with these suspects. Joe had taken his gun out, but they'd gotten him before he could fire, or they disarmed him somehow, because they didn't see his gun anywhere at first. Hmm. 200 yards away from his body, officers found some of his gear scattered around the area, like his pepper spray, his baton, his taser, his glasses. The tab on the pepper spray had been pulled, but they didn't see they didn't see his gun still with all this stuff. About an hour later, they would find the gun less than three feet away from his body. But I think this was just such a marshy, swampy area. Like, that's why it, it took them so long. Apart from well, that. Realize they're like looking for it right at first. Like they're trying to like get to him. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I just, it took an hour for them to find a gun that was three feet from his body, but yeah, two and a half feet from his body. But like, it was probably like in the mud. Like, I don't know. This was like kind Dark. of a, yeah. you know, it wasn't like a concrete like sidewalk. Yeah. And then the gun's right there. And apart from this like scattered stuff of his, the area didn't really look disturbed at all. Mm-hmm. Right away, police got teams together, heavily armed, to track down these three suspects that Joe had followed into the woods. They urged residents and tourists to stay indoors while the search was underway. Schools were put on lockdown. The mayor of Fox Lake, Donnie Schmidt, he was a friend of Joe's, and he heard about his friend's death almost right away. And he went down to the police station to be the one to let Joe's wife, Melody, know that he had been killed. And he said that at the news, Melody collapsed on the floor and became physically ill. Oh, no. The entire community of Fox Lake, which is about 11,000 people, were completely stunned at the news of Joe's death. Joe was fit and he was tough. He had 30 years on the police force, over 20 years in the military. Like, this was not the officer that you would expect to find gunned down. This was gi joe you know right invincible right he was really well known around town and it was just a shock to everyone and it was most shocking for the teens in his explorer program he trained them i know he trained them in 
police tactics and for SWAT competitions. But Joe had been more than a trainer to them. He'd been a mentor, a friend, a confidant. He was that adult in their lives that they felt they could tell anything to. And many of them really opened up to Joe and they were like really close with him. And it was devastating for them to have that person taken away. Police figured the suspects had to be nearby and they wasted no time searching for them. They put up a block for two square miles around where the shooting occurred, sealed by hundreds of officers. My understanding is that they had officers coming from all over the state to help with this search. There were like 400 police officers out there, 45 canine units. They had air searches going. Uh, They had five helicopters and a little plane flying around searching. They had drones out there searching. Calls started coming in from residents reporting sightings of these suspects. And this is a really swampy area. So this area they were searching was really hot, really humid. They had dozens of officers that just were passing out all day during this search. Mm -hmm. They were searching this two square mile area inch by inch. And 14 hours later, they had literally searched every square inch and had not found the suspects or any sign of them. Well, they left. Yeah, they were hoping because they got there so fast that they had cordoned off. Like they had a blockade up with like officers lining this blockade. They were hoping they were in this area somewhere. They were not. A vigil was held the next day and 1,200 people turned out to remember Mm. G.I. Joe. Joe's wife, Melody, was there with their four sons, as were all the members of the Explorer program. It was a time for mourning for everyone. Melody was devastated. She was crying as she spoke at the vigil about their 26 years of marriage. The next day, the Chicago Bears were having a preseason game, and they put up a display honoring Joe. Later that night, a call came in on the tip line from a 30-year-old woman named Kristen Kiefer, who said she'd been pulled over on the side of the road in Volo, Illinois, about five miles from Fox Lake. And she was looking at her car with a flashlight when two guys approached her from a cornfield, and one was white and one was black. And they asked her if she was going to Wisconsin and if they could get a ride. And she had hopped in her car to call 911 while the two guys ran away. This call sounded like the break in the case police needed to find whoever had shot and killed Joe. Investigators were excited. They went to check it out. And by check it out, I mean nearly 100 state and local law enforcement authorities came to search the dense Volo Bog state natural area. Yeah. They set up roadblocks. They had aircrafts out. They had something like 11 canines out. They searched from 9.30 at night until 2.30 in the morning, but they weren't able to find anyone. At one point, it seemed like the dogs had picked up a scent, but it turned out they'd actually accidentally been tracking a deer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We got to like really hone in on what we're doing here. I mean, I love a good boy. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's what we hear more often or not on these. Yeah. Yeah. Later, it actually turned out that the unfortunately named Kristen had made up this whole story. Oh. Yeah. So all of this, the the dogs, the aircraft, the hundred all law the, enforcement yeah. officers oh. are the, just a giant waste of their time, waste of the money. She was arrested for it. She was charged with disorderly conduct and falsifying a police report. 
How did and they she catch later, it that she was lying? She just admitted I think it? she admitted it, yeah, later. Yeah, mm. I'm not sure exactly how they got her to confess, but yeah, she admitted it. She was later convicted and sentenced to probation and ordered to pay $20,000 in restitution. Hmm. The FBI in Quantico had gotten all of the surveillance tapes of the area, and they'd identified a group of three men that looked like they could be the suspects. They were able to send police in Fox Lake a sequential video following this group from, like, one place to another, from video to video. It's like that uh, Mickey, Mickey Shunick on the bike. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And once again, investigators are thinking, this is their big break. It only took them eight hours to identify the men in the tape, and the police quickly went out to question them. But once again, this promising lead turned out to be a brick wall. The three guys had a rock-solid alibi. At the time of the murder, they were at breakfast. What? They, they had video from an ATM where one of them withdrew money to go to breakfast. The others had credit card receipts from when they were at breakfast. And police did a photo lineup with the waitress who was able to identify all of them and said that she remembered them because they'd left her a pretty big tip. So, <laughs> so it could not have been them. But... It's weird that they were all together at breakfast. That feels weird. No? Okay. That they all went out to breakfast together? I don't and I don't know who these men are. I don't you know, they yeah, could be yeah. brothers. Well, I guess not. There was two white men and a black man, I think. They could still be brothers. Yeah, you're right. They could still be brothers. Uh they could be roommates or they could yeah. be workers. Maybe they work together and so they'd all gone to breakfast before work. Like I have no idea. Yeah. The entire community rallied to show support for the family. The streets and businesses in the town he lived in, which was Antioch, they were lined with his picture and blue bows. Joe's funeral was held a few days after Labor Day. Thousands turned out for it, and the procession went on for 18 miles. What? And it, Yeah, it included thousands of police cars. Officers came out from Dallas, Detroit, Las Vegas, L.A., New York, all over the country. Thousands more lined the streets and waved thin blue line and American flags, and flags in Illinois were ordered to fly at half-staff by the governor. Joe was buried with full traditional military honors. There were bagpipes, a color guard, a 21-gun salute, they played taps, and Joe was awarded the police department's Medal of Honor. Man, nothing makes me cry faster than taps. Like, I know, I know. The family stood around his casket, and police officers surrounded them 20 rows deep. Six or seven helicopters flew straight overhead and one veered right to symbolize the missing man. Missing man. It was a beautiful ceremony. But this was every cop's worst nightmare, and the families of police officers were getting more and more scared for their loved ones and the dangers they faced each day. They just kept thinking if this could happen to G.I. Joe, this could happen to any of them. Even at 52 years old, Joe could have run circles around any of them. He could run a mile in like four and a half minutes, and he was very strong. He wasn't someone- I feel like I'm going to get flamed for having sympathy for him, but you know this is like killing my heartstrings. <laughs> Since we he all died. Know that. I know. You know. Uh, like also, like my dad had a- a salute and taps and all that at his funeral. Like, obviously, I'm going to feel some type of way, but we'll just, you know, come oh, for my neck anyways over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
That's tough. Anyways. It is really. I mean, it's a sad song. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But Joe was not someone that could be easily taken down, and his killers were still out there somewhere. So investigators were determined to find them. They put more effort, more manpower into it. But the more they investigated, the more confused they became. The first thing they saw that just didn't seem to sit right was his service weapon that was found lying two and a half feet <gasps> from his head. Oh, my God. No. What? Oh. He killed himself. What? That would be and crazy. Then he shot himself and then put the vest on over himself. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Investigators couldn't figure out why the killers would leave the gun behind or at the very least toss it into the swamp, which was just a few feet away. Oh, G.I. Joe. <laughs> Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine. But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. 
The scattered gear at the crime scene made investigators think that there must have been a struggle, but his body didn't have any defensive wounds on it. His clothes were also still put together. His shirt was tucked in properly. His pants were clean for the most part. I mean, he had a few like mud scuffs on there, but his bulletproof yeah. vest was in proper position. I, it didn't look like he'd fought his attackers at all. But most confusing of all was that fatal shot, the one that you were confused by. He was shot in the chest, but wearing a bulletproof vest. And the shot was actually two inches below the top of the bulletproof vest. How could that happen? How could someone have gotten close enough to Joe to shoot him under the vest without leaving a single sign of a struggle on his body at all? <laughs> I'm so upset right now. <laughs> Investigators start digging into Joe looking for information. And his personnel file was basically 264 pages full of accolades and awards and promotions. Yeah. His evaluations were all good to great. There was page after page after page of appreciative letters in there from different people, average citizens and several chiefs of police to a mayor, all thanking him for his help in different areas on different cases or commending him for the ways he handled a variety of incidents ranging from burglaries to a woman with a flat tire. And I actually looked through this entire personnel file. I read every page. So. Oh, no doubt. Then I got to around page 66. And it starts to go downhill. It seems like, and I don't know if they do this, but like all the good stuff was at the beginning and then all the bad stuff was at the end. It wasn't just like straight chronological, chronological. order. Mm -mm. Huh. At first, it's little stuff. Like he faked sick one time and he didn't show up to a meeting another time. And he took a How his do they prove you fake sick? They're like, well, this bitch. Oh, they did a whole investigation. They had like several papers all proving that he was not sick when he said he was sick and yeah but like who hasn't done that you know <laughs> at I mean, one like, time let in the their man life. live he's like served all these, like he can have a sick well day. and that was like uh that was like a year into his service he was still a rookie cop then yeah. one time he took his squad car to wisconsin and then like didn't get back in time he kept writing the wrong court dates on tickets that he issued. <laughs> he didn't search a prisoner correctly, and they ended up having a knife, like the prisoner ended up having a knife on him and like had it in the okay. cell and like was threatening to slice his wrist okay. and all this stuff. I also saw a letter in there that said that he'd be in big trouble if he didn't start issuing more traffic citations, which is really annoying. So anybody that's saying that they don't have quotas for traffic citations. <laughs> this is your new thing. I got him here for it. <laughs> <laughs> they do one. all right it's it's annoying but then so those are like little things then things start getting real red flaggy okay oh no in may of 1988 he was found by an officer passed out drunk in his truck in the driver's seat on the side of the road with the engine running and his foot pressed down on the gas oh the that's truck had be been a problem, leaking man <laughs> Mm-hmm. The truck had been leaking oil because of the over-revving of the engine. The officer that found him told him that they would have to tow the truck, and Joe later woke up at home, didn't remember this entire incident, and reported the truck as stolen. Uh, Joe. Joseph. Yeah, right. And that, again, a long time ago, two years into his service, but didn't seem like there was 
really any consequences for that happening. Yeah, there's be some repercussions for sure. He's a police officer. Yeah. Later in 2003, a dispatcher with Fox Lake claimed that while they were in the radio room, Joe threatened to put a round of bullets in her chest and then said no one would find her body because there were so many lakes around there. And it later became clear to the dispatcher that the comments were made in jest, like he was joking around with her. And it seemed like there was this like back and forth of kind of joking. And so she flirting, had been doing I'm these really silly, weird things. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But she said that the, the comments made her really uncomfortable. And like, it might be different if this wasn't a person whose like job it was to carry a weapon on them. Like, maybe don't joke about shooting people and dumping their bodies in lakes. I don't know. But maybe do. I don't know. We got dark humor. I don't know. But three weeks later, he brought a gun into the dispatch room and like cocked it, like made this cocking sound while in the room with her, which made this dispatcher feel very threatened, especially after the comments that he'd made. Mm, that's weird. Yeah. She didn't like it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The whole story was kind of weird. Like, I don't know. In 2009, some anonymous officers sent the former mayor a letter with a list of grievances against Joe and said that they were upset that the police chief hadn't taken any disciplinary action for them. They said that Joe had received 30 days of suspension for an inappropriate sexual relationship with a subordinate who later sued the department. They said they'd been approached by bouncers from several different bars that all said they'd had to escort Joe out of the bar because of how highly intoxicated he was. He'd also walked out on bar tabs in excess of $300. The whole thing about taking his squad car to Wisconsin, they didn't like that. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> they didn't like that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he got a tattoo while he was on duty once. They didn't like that. And on <laughs> what? <laughs> I hope it's on I don't blood. remember. I don't remember. And then on several different occasions, he had been reported for grabbing women's breasts, oh. which is very bad. Joseph, I'm done with you. Complaints had been made to the chief, and it seemed like nothing had been done. They accused the police chief of having his head in the sand when it came to Joe. Yeah, we call that ostriching around here, and it's frown Oh, it's ostriching. On. Yeah. This did not seem like the Joe Glinowitz that everyone knew, like the beloved hero, the leader and mentor of the Explorer program, G.I. Joe. But that stuff wasn't even the most disturbing thing in his file. They also found a lawsuit from 2003 against the Fox Lake Police Department filed by a former female officer who said that Joe had pressured her into giving him oral sex five separate times. <gasps> And that he'd made her feel oh like it God. was required of her to protect her job. <gasps> that oh, was the thing he'd been... This is, like, sus so sad for his wife. Yeah. She, that was the thing know, he'd been um, suspended for for 30 days. And then the lawsuit had just been dismissed. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Which, I wonder how that happened. So, now police have a new theory. This wasn't some cop doing his job, tracking some suspicious people down that then shot and killed him. Perhaps this was something more nefarious. Maybe he was lured there by someone he had a problem with. Maybe it had been a woman that had done this. And then the coroner made a statement of his findings from the autopsy. He said that he could not make any decision as to the manner of death. 
he couldn't rule out suicide or accident, and he didn't have any evidence to rule in homicide. So they were all on the table. It could be any one of them. It was going to have to be up to investigators to figure out how he died. Investigators of his own police force? Is that how that works? Like, is Mm -hmm. it your own Mm -hmm. people do it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Joe's family was so upset at the implication that this was anything other than a homicide. His son talked about Joe's plans for the future, how he'd applied for several different chief positions, and how someone that's planning to take their own life doesn't make plans like that. Uh, He'd stopped off to buy cigarettes on the way. Why would he stop off to buy, it was like two or three packs of cigarettes. Why would he buy two or three packs of cigarettes on his way to, to complete suicide? Because he's not worried about the money. It's not like, I mean, Andy, but why would he between like, I don't know, to make you think that it's not that, you know, for yeah. this exact reason? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he obviously is trying. I mean, he put his bulletproof vest back on. He's trying to. And he made this fake phone call. Like he's trying to make it look a certain way. I feel like I don't know. I'm new here. Yeah, maybe. Uh, You know, and initially the lead investigator wasn't really thinking suicide. He didn't think that sounded very plausible because of how Joe had been shot first in the abdomen. Like, why would he shoot himself first there and then shoot himself in the chest? Like, why would he do that? So that it doesn't look like a suicide. Why do I feel like the most knowledge? (laughs) Like, I should just become a detective (laughs) at this point. Is this enough training? It feels like it should be. Well, I, did I not guess this halfway through the first like whatever? Guess what? I didn't. I didn't say you were right. I did not say. You I were know right. that I'm right because I'm. <laughs> I'm an expert now, and I'm okay, a so true crime expert who can solve is... your cold case. <laughs> can I change my intro? <laughs> hey, people! People want you to. I don't want I you I to. I refuse. I don't. Either. I want you to be the true crime newbie forever. <laughs> Me too. It's like the new card. I want to be the new girl at work forever. Because y'all have question. to understand, Mogab forgets every case the second she hears <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I also don't she have like the nothing. I also don't have like the vocabulary or like the knowledge of just that. Like I just don't feel like I know the like the. I don't have the street cred. Yeah, yeah. But the secrets they just kept uncovering themselves. More than a month after Joe's death, the FBI turned over information that they'd discovered on Joe's personal cell phone. Investigators had sent his phone to Quantico, and they got back 6,500 pages of recovered text messages that Joe had deleted, as well as 40. It's never really deleted, people. (laughs) As well as 40,000 emails. And this information was a total game changer. Oh, tell me. First off, they learned that Joe had arranged a sham marriage for his son, DJ, who was 20 years old and in the army. Like the army, the army gives out larger stipends if you're married. So Joe like arranged this marriage to take advantage of that. The messages were very specific of who was facilitating this marriage, which was Joe, and why he was doing it, which was for financial gain. But that was just like a juicy bit of gossip, you know. What really made the hairs on the backs of their neck stand up were the messages that showed that Joe was thinking about, or possibly had, tried to arrange a hit on the new village administrator, this woman named Anne Marin. Oh my God. They were like, holy crap. 
The message was on Facebook Messenger, and it had been written in April of 2015, just like a few months before the shooting. Joe had written, quote, being forced to retire by new village administrator. Work life has been a living hell the last two months. Close to entertaining a meeting with a mutual acquaintance of ours with the word white in their nickname. Now, white is code for this high-ranking gang member, and when police went to talk to the woman who Joe had sent those messages to, she said that Joe told her that he wanted this gang member to take out a hit on Marin. One text message said that her body might wind up in a swamp. So he's thinking about throwing bodies in lakes, throwing bodies in swamps. My God. They went and talked to this white person. This, that was their nickname. <laughs> not like name white. a white person. White person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in uh, the attorney's office. And white denied any knowledge of the hit. But like, of course he did. I'm sure he's not like, yeah, I get, I get hit up for hits all the time. You know? <laughs> Investigators weren't just interested in whether or not he'd taken out this hit. They were really interested in why. Why would Joe have wanted Anne Marin killed? Yeah. And they found out that Anne and Joe had gotten into a huge argument recently after Anne had gone to the Explorer program and saw all of this equipment that Joe had acquired for the program. There were boxes and boxes and boxes of Kevlar helmets, gas masks, inserts oh for gosh. bulletproof vests radio holders combat boots hundreds of gun belts just that there feels were like really intense for like kids yeah there were combat fatigues army cots as well as manuals on swat tactics and sniper training which really isn't within the scope of what the explorer program is all about he was basically training these kids to kill on command when really God. you know they <laughs> there were like, can't you just, like, teach him to make, like, a sailor's knot and, like, start a fire in the woods and, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> sell popcorn door to door. Like, what are we doing? Right. There were tons of it. And it turned out that Joe had gotten all of it from this army surplus program that was meant to better equip police officers, not for teenagers in an after school program. Mm -hmm. Anne Marin had seen all these items, and as the first administrator in the village with a handle on, like, how budgets work, which we have seen a lot in small towns, <laughs> she'd been so shocked that she'd confronted Joe about it. She's like, where did you get all this stuff, and do you have an inventory for all of it? And he was like, yes, I do have an inventory all uh, from all of it. And she's like, great, I would like that by 2 p.m. today, please. She wanted his invoices, his procurement. Where his authorization came from. Came from. Yeah. Yeah, I want that too. I'm interested. Mm -hmm. This conversation happened the day before the shooting. After Anne left, Joe sent a text to his chief that said, quote, She has now demanded a complete inventory of Explore Central and a financial report. FML. Which is oh. F my life. Uh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Later, they'd find he'd forged the chief's signature on documents used to get all of that equipment from this program. Yeah. What the heck? But that's not even the worst of it. I already heard the worst of it. No. No, we haven't. So he also sent a text to his buddy, the mayor, that said that he only had about half of the inventory done and he was about to get chewed out the next day about it. 
The mayor said that Joe was really worked up about it. He had all this anxiety and that he kept having to tell Joe to breathe or count to 10 to try to help him calm down. So this was interesting to investigators. Like, why would Joe be this full of anxiety over a large number of surplus items, even if they perhaps were acquired improperly? Like, he wasn't supposed to use them for the program, but he did. Like, why would he have? That's like kind of small deal like you know yeah this was gi joe tough army guy and policeman surely he's not that full of anxiety over getting chewed out by a village administrator doesn't feel like it should be like i don't know right like something to consider entering your life over well it turns out there was more to these surplus items than met the eye and it all came out in these deleted text messages that the fbi sent over This is when investigators realized that Joe had been embezzling from the Explorer program bank accounts for seven years. So they had his pay to be in this? I thought it was like a free, like, program. Well, it had a budget. Okay. Like, the program had a budget. City. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who was paying for it, but it it did have a budget. He texted his wife, Melody, once that he'd used the Explorer funds for a $600 flight. He texted his son, DJ, quote, you are borrowing from that other account, and other is in quotation marks. When you get back, you'll have to start dumping money into that account, or you will be visiting me in jail, all caps, exclamation points galore. Oh, no. The $1,600 and the $777 all came from there. And then he did what I like to call the boomer ellipses. You know, the dot, dot, dot at the end of your text oh, when you, mm-hmm. when you yeah, don't mean your familiar. voice is trailing off. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the double, my mom cannot. The double, the double space. Exclamation points. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that too. But oh, it, the double just exclamation one exclamation points. point, but it's just two. Even give me three. <laughs> Something about two is like very unnerving. Like I need one No, I agree. Three. You're either two one or like 17 with me. It's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> too feels so weird yeah in this text he's talking about some truck repairs and a summer leave trip to oklahoma that he'd paid for for dj the 1600 and 777 all paid for from the explorer account and he's telling him that he'd better start putting some money back into that account or joe's going to be going to jail he was basically using the explorer accounts as his personal checking account he was using the money to pay for his mortgage to pay off student loans gym memberships he's what a seven- waste you're using it for student loans Ugh, that's not even like benefiting anybody <laughs> seven thousand dollars for a family trip to hawaii is that yeah that i can get down with but yeah. the student loans that- give me a break that one source said was a first class trip to hawaii but i don't know if they were just oh, like if you're stealing the funds you gotta fly coach <laughs> you gotta you gotta is that the rule coach. that's the rule you gotta fly yes. coach you're don't be like the tinder swindler he flies like private <laughs> yeah but he's like it's stealing don't steal the money from the kids and then fly for from the fun. kids i know he used it for day-to-day expenses like starbucks over 400 restaurants haircuts movies adult websites this okay, is a that i have a major problem with kids major money. major problem but also, like, a men's haircut, especially for G.I. Joe, was like $8 at Supercuts. <laughs> right, so, yeah. You know? It was a total of $43,000 that was stolen from a youth after-school program. That is, how much? 
$43,000. Oh, my God. I know. Joe made $96,000 a year as a Fox Lake police lieutenant, but authorities started seeing how he was maybe living a bit above his means. On November 4th, 2015, two months after Joe's death, investigators held a press conference to announce that their investigation had concluded that Joe Glinowitz's death was a carefully staged suicide. Mm. This was absolutely shocking news. Oh, I bet. To everyone but MoCap. <laughs> oh, I was shocked. It just <laughs> came earlier. The shock came it. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> they explained that they completely believed from day one that this was a homicide, but they had to go where the evidence showed. And they said that they had overwhelming evidence supporting that this was a suicide. The commander of the major crime task force said, quote, Glinowitz committed the ultimate betrayal to the citizens he served and the entire law enforcement community. The facts of his actions prove he behaved for years in a manner completely contrary to the image he portrayed. That makes me sad. I know. They explained exactly what they think happened that day that Joe died. Joe went to the marsh that day. He took his service weapon and shot himself from about three to six inches away just above his hip. And that shot was slowed down by the phone he wore on his hip and then absorbed by the vest he was wearing. Mm. It would have been painful, like being hit with a sledgehammer, but he would have lived. He would have been okay. Joe then took his hand, pulled his bulletproof vest away from his body as much as possible, and then with his other hand, shot downward Uh. into his chest. The two shots were so that it would look like a homicide. Like, who would shoot themselves twice? That's what I said. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. Tell me about the phone call and the cigarettes. Tell me what I said. <laughs> what did you say? Why, why did he get the cigarettes? Why do you think? So that it looks like he was going about his normal business. 
Yep, that's exactly that's exactly right, Mogab. Look at you. Because people would say, "Oh, but why would he plan? Why would he make future mm-hmm. plans? Why would he buy multiple cigarettes? He wouldn't mm-hmm. kill himself. That's why. That's why." Yeah, yeah, that's why. But Joe also had a very high tolerance for pain, so that first shot might not have caused him as much discomfort as me, a little baby. Mm-hmm. Nobody shoot me ever, please. Melody said that when he was in pain, he would just go to a different place. But that didn't explain. This was the thing that I was hung up on was how was his gun found two and a half feet away from his body? You'd think if it was a suicide, it would be found dropped right next to his body. But Joe had planned for that. He didn't shoot himself in the head or in the heart. He shot himself in the pulmonary artery. It was fatal, but it wasn't immediate. The coroner said that he could have lived for up to two minutes after that final shot. Plenty of time to go drop the gun where he'd been standing and then walk a few feet away to where he died. But to think about, think about being like so like wanting to sell this so much that you're willing to mm-hmm. like have a slow painful death mm-hmm. just to make people like you're not going to be around to know what people just so he can you. die a hero yeah yeah to protect that image of him that he had worked so hard to maintain his whole life couldn't be me my pain tolerance is zero i'm yeah. catch me yeah, well, that's not. not true. You your pain tolerance right at this moment is probably at like an eleven. So give yourself yeah, credit. That's true. But that's could true. not be shot. Okay, the scattered gear was staged as well, but it was pointed out he basically staged crime scenes as his job. He did it all the time for the Explorer oh, yeah. program. They would go to competitions with staged crime scenes and would spend a lot of time practicing and preparing for those competitions. Joe would have known exactly how to stage this crime scene, but he forgot to untuck his shirt, I guess. Yeah. He made sure, like you said, that it would just look like a normal day. That's why he stopped off at the gas station to get his cigarettes. It was something he did most days, and he needed it to look like he was not preparing to die. He wanted to make sure that he went out a hero and not a criminal. When this news got out, people were freaking pissed. I mean... Yeah. So much had been done to honor this man's life. Flags at half staff. Hundreds of thousands of dollars People. spent searching for his non-existent killers. Yeah. Officers were passing out from the heat because of their commitment yeah. to find who killed him. Not to mention all of the organizations that had raised money for his family <gasps> and were now demanding that money back. Yeah, the American family saying? Mm, we'll get to that. Okay. The American Legion had held a big fundraiser for the family, and they basically kept all of that money. Any tribute or memorial was taken down, except for one sign that had his nickname G.I. Joe on it, and they altered it so that it said G.I. Joke. Oh. He was due yeah, to have his name... Ep- <laughs> I know. He was due to have <laughs> his name etched in a marble monument dedicated to fallen <gasps> soldiers in Washington, D.C., and that was, of course... No longer going to happen. Can you imagine? They're like, hurry up, call so and so, make sure they're they're like starting to etch it, and they're like, oh, <laughs> stop the presses. Yeah, but as you may have realized, it wasn't just Joe embezzling this money. His wife Melody and his son DJ also seem to have yeah. been involved, or at the very least, had knowledge about what Joe was doing and where the money was coming from. That's what I was worried about. 
Yeah, especially since Melody helped Joe run the Explorer program. So Melody's accounts were frozen by law enforcement while they investigated her, which she discovered when she went to put gas in her car and her card <gasps> got declined. It's like, what do you do? You just like don't, you can't, you don't have yeah. any funds to live oh, on? Oh God, like, I hope I never do do? find out. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. Investigators had tons of photos of Melody enjoying the fruits of the embezzlement, like all the photos from the mm. family trip to Hawaii, photos eating out at fancy restaurants. But like she knew, was, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he just said, hey, we're going to Hawaii. Like she knew where it was coming from. Well, I mean, they're thinking, how could you not realize that y'all couldn't afford these things on Joe's salary alone? Yeah. Melody's lawyers all say that basically, yes, they were using that account like it was their personal checking account, but he said that they were also reimbursing everything they took. Melody had even deposited a check four months after Joe's death, and she'd written in the notes section, Hawaii reimburse, paid in full. Yeah, it's still not okay, though. But I guess... I know, I like... Is that like not stealing, then? I don't know. You know? Like... I, I get that you shouldn't do it. Ethically, it's wrong. But, like, is that considered by law, like, stealing still? But if you yeah. can pay it back, why take it in the first place? That's what I don't get. Why not just use Well, because they're probably paying account. it with, like, I'm sure they're, like, getting, the funds aren't, like, Like, paying it back over paycheck. time? Then yeah, go apply like, for a 0% interest credit card to pay for your trip to Hawaii. Yeah, like, why like, are well, we? I don't know. Yeah. Stealing from the children. <laughs> yeah. So her lawyers also say that the account had taken in a $32,000 deposit from Joe's retirement the year before his death. So, like, surely what he was doing was illegal, but it, it seemed like he was replacing the money. And it's to me, it's just so sad that for whatever reason, he thought suicide was his way out of this. Like, I don't know. Because it was that bad in his mind. Like the idea of not being a hero in the town's eyes was too much for him. That he had to take his own life in a way designed to keep him the hero. Yeah. And on top of that, the investigation into his supposed murder cost $300,000 of taxpayer money. That's the part that makes me mad. Because now it's like, Mm -hmm. not only are you not a hero, you're like the worst. And you're wasting people's time and money. Yeah, and money and, and resources. and Yeah. And resources, like all of these resources pulled from all over the state. Like what murder are you not working on now because you're coming to help work on this police officer's murder? For someone that you thought, yeah, was like. Killed in the line of duty. Like, right. So you want to do the right thing. Yeah. On January 27th, 2016, Joe's wife, Melody, was indicted on four counts of dispersing charitable funds without authority and for personal benefit and two counts of money laundering. She pled not guilty. I guess that's how they were laundering it was like putting it. I don't know. It's so weird. This past February, so February of 2022, She accepted a plea deal and was convicted of deceptive practice, which is a class four felony in Illinois. Her other charges were dismissed. And in April, she was sentenced to two years probation. (gasps) Their son, DJ, was also investigated because they had those texts between him and Joe discussing money being pulled from that account. They sifted through thousands of pages of financial documents. They interviewed witnesses. Uh, They flew to DJ's military post in North Carolina to interview him. 
but they couldn't ever prove that he knew the money was stolen before he spent it. And well, what about the eventually text? the charges were dropped? I just what about don't the think text? that was it's enough. Like, you need to put the money back. Oh, yeah, I just don't think that was enough for them to prove that he knew like about those that account or like where the account yeah. was coming from. Yeah, yeah, I guess he doesn't know what other maybe, but or they couldn't prove it. Know, couldn't I think prove he did it, know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that is the story of Joe Glenowitz. Well, I hated it. So, <laughs> thanks. Well, what else is new? <laughs> I know. I would oh, love for us man. to get on and you just like tell me a really great, like, wouldn't that be a surprise? Like, I think you're going to tell me a murder and you tell me this, like, you just like open up the original Winnie the Pooh book and read to me. Like, that's what I really <laughs> want to happen before bed. Is that in Could the public that domain? Maybe that'll be your birthday present. Is that in the public domain? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just like open it up and um, people would love a mini creep of you reading me the original Winnie the, Winnie Pooh. the Pooh. All right. But I Maybe would need, we'll but that. I want voices. Of, well, like, uh, hello. I'm literally, that's what I do for a living. I read yeah, books great. to children. To you got to have the voices. <laughs> My current book takes place in Ireland that I'm reading to the kids, but I'm I'm not using an Irish accent. Uh, I don't can't, do that. Winnie the Pooh is safe. If, okay, here's the ultimate Okay. Question. Forget zodiac signs. Forget enneagrams. We did this mm-hmm. in the house the other day between Russell and I. Are oh. you familiar with the characters okay. of Winnie the Pooh? Are you? Do you feel like well versed enough in like mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. personalities? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you had to self-identify yourself as one character in Winnie the Pooh, who would it be? And then you have to guess which one I am. Mine is very. Yeah, well, easy. you're a rabbit. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, how'd you know that? Did well, we already talk about this? I think we did talk about it, but also hello. Uh, yeah, Russell's like, okay, rabbit, when I, like, get high strung. I I got a text from right now. I can't believe you called me rabbit. Yeah, you're, you're so clearly a rabbit. <laughs> I am Pooh. I'm Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That's what I said about Russell. He thinks he's Tigger. I'm like, bitch, no, you're not. Oh, God, I forgot about Tigger. I'm Tigger. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I did forget about I Tigger. Like, and he's my favorite. I feel like you're kind of, uh, I feel like you're kind of like Owl. I forgot about Owl, too. Oh, my God. Okay, you're not qualified. <laughs> I was I was thinking my choices were Christopher Robin, Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore, and Rabbit. Those were the only ones I was thinking of. Forgot about the Owl. The Kangaroo. Owl, owl, I remember tigger. Kangaroo, but I dismissed them because I'm not a mom and I'm not a baby. So, But I love them. <laughs> um, what? Tell me about Owl. Remind me of his uh, personality traits. Characteristics. What's he like? What's he do? Um... He's nice. Everyone loves him. My favorite thing is he. Everyone oh. just assumes he's really smart, and so they'll like go to him for stuff. And yes. he like talks. He talks with authority. So like in the in the one I just watched the other day, I know Winnie the Pooh wanted to give Piglet a birthday gift, and so because he forgot, and so he went and got this honey pot and asked Al to write happy birthday on it because Al's the only one that can read and write and Al's like absolutely Mm -hmm. and he writes happy birthday on it and they show it and it's just like none of these letters and everyone just believes it says happy birthday you know no words it's like just a bunch of letters and he was Uh like here you go and everyone's like oh my gosh it says happy birthday and he's like it does (laughs) (laughs) basically he's a fraud (laughs) I'm not owl no I think I'm too I I like I like to look on the bright side, and I like to stick my head in honey sometimes. You know? <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. In the honey pot. Up, down, turn. I honestly okay, don't I'm really. I'm dying at you. 
Peggy I really rabbit. don't identify. You're definitely rabbit, but I don't really identify <laughs> with any yeah. of them, unfortunately. <sighs> rabbit, I'm just a frazzled tight ass. <laughs> frazzled tight ass, that's you. That's me. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I'm not optimistic enough to be poo. But I want to be, you know. No, you, Pooh is, but he's like realist. Tigger's overly optimistic, you know. Pooh's like keeping it right in the middle. Yeah. I, yeah. Piglet, I think I I'm like maybe Pooh. be a Piglet too. But Piglet's big Piglet has all that anxiety. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, now that we're here, let us know which all character right. you identify with. <laughs> yeah. And do we have any shout outs? We do. We do. I'm sure that we do because people sign up for the Patreon and people are loving their little cards. If they were a patron from day one, and they got their little New oh, Year's yeah. card. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to words. do something nice for the new year for our day one peeps. So check your mailboxes if, you, if you've been around since I the beginning. I need to go check on I our Patreon. Check our mailbox. That's my favorite activity. Ooh. Okay. Okay, the first one is, do we think this is Laura? Yeah, just Laura Kelly. I love that spelling, Laura. Laura. I, yeah, I haven't seen that spelling, but I do love it. Laura Kelly with an O. Laura with an O. Laura with an O. Big thanks, Emily Phelps. Emily Phelps. Okay, these these feel easy, this. Uh, okay, so this the next time. one, she likes collecting new ways that people say her name. Oh. So I wanted to see how you would say it. Before we okay. look at the pronunciation. Sarah, I want to say Savoy, but I think it's Sarah Savoy. Sav- Savoy. 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 No, it is Savoy. You were right. Sarah Savoy. Oh, I was right. Yeah. I worked with someone that had that last name. So I oh, so you cheated. I. Okay. Well, you're just a oh, cheater. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> can't erase it. That's the stuff I remember. You know what Thank cracks you. me up? I get asked all the time how to pronounce my last name, and I just feel like Mo a lot of people like Gab. Uh, yeah, it's phonetic. But people are like, how do you say that? I'm like, Mo Gab. Just like it's spelled Mo Gab. I don't know. I just, it's, I, I get asked, like, I got asked it tonight when I was signing up for my gym membership. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. It's, that's an interesting last name. How do you spell it? I'm like, is this an interesting last name? It feels pretty, pretty basic to me, but. Mo- it's no, just, it's I don't not feel basic. Like, it's definitely Well, not but basic. I feel like the pronunciation is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's not like. And it's yeah. it's it's five letters, so yeah, and it's like consonant vowel, consonant vowel. It's consonant, just foreign, you know I mean? so people don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, thank you to all no, of our non. Mom, what about what about Rindy? Rindy, Rindy, thank Rindy. you, Rindy. Rindy, we could not forget you, Rindy. No, we Rindy's couldn't. like a really chill yoga instructor. <sighs> yeah, who like is one with the earth and is like she's just got like her chakra in chakras are in line yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah she's like definitely rindy how's your chakras let us know. <laughs> yeah rindy what is a chakra <laughs> let us know what is a sh- also what is a chakra what isn't a chakra what? i don't know i'm about to learn because i'm doing my what yoga is tonight. not a chakra oh you are you're going to yoga tonight i'm not going i'm doing it at home 30-day oh. yoga challenge with Yoga with Adrian. I love her. Well, considering it's almost 10 o'clock, maybe we should shut this down so you can go do yeah. yoga. It's almost 11 o'clock. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Yeah. Thank Just you for thank listening. You. Just thank if you. If you want to support the podcast. Here. 
you want to support the podcast, you can find us on social media at Creepers Pod. You can join our Facebook group, the True Crime Creepers Discussion Group. We'd love to see you in there. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash truecrimecreepers where you get lots of bonus content. You can head over there to check out what that is. We forgot to talk about it at the top, but Mogav's got to go to yoga. We don't have time. We yeah. don't have time to sell you the Patreon right now, but check it out. I'll it's tweet really about great. it. Yeah. I'll tweet it. It's a yeah. pinned tweet, actually. <laughs> uh, and make sure you subscribe so that you'll know exactly when our next episode will drop. When I'll tell Mogav another wild story. And y'all, it's a wild story. Okay. No, we just did a wild story.